it has to start with setting our fear and getting out of our own way so we can go be in the world what we really believe we can be. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 170 of Yes And with me, Judy Holler. All right, y'all. Listen, 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 listen. Today's episode, Make Fear Your Bish. Make it your homeboy, okay? We need to talk about fear because what I believe is this. You are not gonna get very far if you don't think you can get very far. And I really believe that when you are building anything new, managing your fear first (laughs) is required. So we have to begin at the beginning by understanding a couple of uh, what I believe are really core fundamental truths to know and understand about fear. And today I'm dropping all three of them on you and sharing the fear setting methodology I'm going to be teaching in speaker school to really help me fear less so I can do more. So what I would recommend is as you go through this episode, you're probably going to want to grab a notebook or a pen to write down this five-step fear-setting methodology that I'm about to drop on you uh, because it really is transformational. And this is really in speaker school where I begin because, again, we're not going to get very far whether we're building a business or a speaking career or just want to confidently step on stage and shine a light on our business by speaking on stage. Uh, you know, fear gets in the way of this all the time. Okay. Um, so this fear setting methodology and these fundamental truths about fear can help us. I mean, listen, you know, we have a process for setting goals usually in our life. You know, we decide what we want and then we make a plan. Okay. So why not have a process? for the brave moves that you want to make, you know, writing down what you're afraid of and then making a plan to move out of that fear and into action. Okay. That is what this fear setting methodology will help you do. Move out of fear and into action by making a plan, right? What do I want to do? What are the brave moves I want to make? And then how can I back into that and back out of my fear so I can go make it happen? Okay, you ready? This is good. This is good. Truth number one. We're going to start with truth number one. Number one, fear has one job and one job only, to stop you, to stop you. I mean, fear is actually so basic, (laughs) so boring. It literally wakes up every day to do one thing, stop you. Okay, cool. So knowing this is really powerful because it means you also have the antidote, movement. So your job as you move through life, business, pitching yourself, the speaker school course (laughs) that you'll be able to register for in a couple of weeks, anything big you're trying to do in your life, your job as you move through anything new you are trying to do for yourself, your life, and or your business is to keep moving right? Because (laughs) fear's job is to stop you, right? So our job is to move faster and be less perfect, right? So we have to move. So truth number one is fear has one job every day to stop you. Knowing this is powerful because it means we have the solution, movement. So keep moving. Number two, truth number two about fear. You need to move faster and be less 
perfect. It's really about the reps. So again, this kind of aligns with truth number one, because if, if fear's job is to stop us, then we know we have to move. But the reason we don't move is because it's not perfect yet. Like we're not perfect yet. The idea isn't fully baked yet, right? I'm not ready yet. I just need a little more time. Any of that sound familiar, right? And I've got to tell you, um, one of my secrets to success over the years, whether it's been putting content on social media, pitching myself, performing on stage, starting businesses, writing, podcasting, like, and beyond, guys, it's been reps, 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 right? Movement, getting, getting on stage and doing it again and again and again and again. So you really have to be okay with sucking. (laughs) And listen, if you don't look back at your first speech, your first social media post, your first newsletter, your first pitch, your first date, like all of it, the first draft of your book, like, and you're not kind of embarrassed. I don't know. I, I dare to say that you're probably not doing it right then. This doesn't mean that you don't value quality work and that you don't do quality work. Of course you do. And you should always aim to do the best quality work that you can, but you only get better by beginning. I mean, Brene Brown says this all the time, right? Like, I think she calls it the shitty first draft. Like, you have to be okay with the shitty first draft. And I would add to that, that it's actually the shitty first drafts that become the best-selling book, the award-winning podcast, and the signature keynote speech, right? They all begin somewhere just like you. I mean, I have saved, I did an Instagram post about this the other day. You can go find it in my reels. Um, you know, I saved all, I've saved all the business cards I've made over the years. I have a thing for business cards. I love a business card. I love a business card. I tried to do the QR code thing for a minute. Can't catch that vibe. Like can't catch it. Plus, you know, I save my business cards and then it reminds me to like flag that conversation and go make a note and put it into my CRM. And if it's a QR code in my phone, I'll I'll totally forget about it. Or if it's just a a scanned contact that goes into my contacts and there's no tracing system, like forget about it. So I save the business cards I get. I bring them home. I load them into my CRM and load up an activity. I mean, these are some of the things we're going to be talking about in uh, speaker school too. A lot of uh, the secrets to my sales and marketing success, right? Because, you know, running a business requires you to sell that business and pitch yourself and organize all the conversations you're having. So I love business cards, but I have created all these business cards over the years. And, you know, I look back at them and I did a reel about it. Right. And some of them are kind of cringe, (laughs) but I love them so much, especially my first business card because, um, and I'm so proud of them because they signify like the start, like me beginning, you know, I look back at my very first slide deck for my very first speech oh my God, also cringe. And and let's not even talk about the video of me from that first speech, even more cringe. Okay. Uh, But again, I'm so proud of it because it really signifies the start, you know, and let's not even talk about all the failures I've had on an improv stage, on social media, in in leadership roles I've had in my life. And of course, on the keynote stage, guys, I've fallen off a stage. I have fallen off a stage, right? Um, and I had in my my back pocket um, 
these are stories I tell in speaker school as well. I had in my back pocket, I've always like, you know, I have a plan A, but I have a plan B, C, D, E, and F, right? Us improvisers were very prepared. So I'm like, if I ever fall off a stage, like what would I say? Like if I ever fell? Um, and so I made the joke like, oh my God, I guess I really fell for you guys and sort of spinned it into this really, really funny moment. And um, the whole audience laughed and I, I took something that felt really uncomfortable and turned it into a powerful moment of me like reclaiming my power. Well, like, oh my gosh, look at me. I just fell so hard for you guys. And you know, whatever, right? You get back up and you keep moving. Remember, truth number one, fear's job is to stop us. So we have to keep moving. Um, we have to pick ourselves up. Truth number two, you have to move faster and be less perfect, right? Like sometimes you're going to get it right. And sometimes you're going to fall off a keynote stage, right? But we have to keep moving, right? And so I share a lot of these stories in speaker school to, of course, um, help you feel like it's okay to not be perfect, especially at the beginning, because we have to begin, but also to save you some of the pain, right? Like learn from my stories. But I'm so proud of all the failures, all the mistakes, all the embarrassing stuff, because they really uh, signify me starting, me moving, and most importantly, me getting the reps in I need to get good. And to become a pro, and that's what what it's all about. So remember, the name of the game, right, as you move through anything new you're doing for yourself in your career or your business, certainly as you really consider seriously stepping on stage uh, and speaking more in your life and in your business, is I just need you to move. I need you to fail faster, and I need you to embrace the suck. And P.S. Pro Tip take good notes about all the epic failures, all the embarrassing stories, because they'll end up becoming some of your best content, the best stories that you tell on stage, uh, podcast about, and most certainly write about. Pro tip. Okay, speaking of making fear your bish and your homeboy uh, athletes, some of the most elite athletes in the world certainly understand how to do this. So I have a question. I have a question for you. What do I, your girl, what do I have in common with a former NFL quarterback, uh, a nine-time CrossFit world champion, and a U.S. track and field athlete? What do I have in common with them? Okay, don't worry. I'll help you with this. We all use Advocare. I'm not kidding. They have some of the coolest athletes and endorsers that are using their products to really support muscle performance, endurance, and repair before, during, and after training sessions. And guys, I think this is when I started really leveling up my Advocare game when I started training. I started with a personal trainer almost two years ago now, and I have been using Biocharge, Biofuel, pre-workout, Flex, and and of course, rehydrate now that I live in the desert specifically to really help me boost my stamina before, during, and after my workouts. And I really, really, really feel a difference. So if you want to learn more about the Advocare sports performance products, go check the link in my bio. And if you want to try these products, my goodness, you can try them. Um, and don't pay full price by using our code FEELBETTER15. That's FEELBETTER15 to not only get discounts, but support this podcast when you do. And if you'd like to have some Advocare sent to your house completely on us and try before you buy, all you got to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast on iTunes and we will send some of my favorite products right to your front door. But seriously, guys, check them out. I've been using Advocare for almost three years now. I love, love, love their sports performance products. They have really, really helped me up-level my game. And my goodness, jump onto the website and check 
check out all the different incredible athletes that are using AdvoCare and find out how they're using it to support their training programs. Again, more in the show notes and use Feel Better 15, that's Feel Better 1-5, to shop and get discounts, plus support this podcast when you do. All of this leads me to truth number three about fear, that fear is always strongest at the finish line. Like the finish line, like right as you put your, your feet on the line, right? Like right as you're about to hit send, go do, be like, step on stage, ask for what you want, um, click publish, submit the manuscript, like pick up the phone, make the call, pitch yourself, ask for what you want. Like right in the moments, in the seconds before that happens, fear is the strongest. I mean, Stephen Pressfield writes about this in his book, War of Art, which is your homework assignment. If you have not read War of Art, go get this book. It's incredible. But he writes about, you know, fear, the resistance, being the strongest at the finish line. Because when you put your feet on the line, when you step out onto stage, when you pitch yourself and ask for what you want and make the call, you'll change. You'll change. And what happens when you change? You evolve and you grow and you get stronger and you don't need your fear as much. And remember, fear's oxygen is stopping you. (laughs) So if you move, if you change, if you go, if you ship, if you do, if you become, well, you won't need your fear as much. So fear comes in hot. It brings all its friends to the party. Uh, Self-doubt and imposter syndrome and perfectionism and procrastination and all the things to try and like stop you right as you get to the finish line. Your job is to keep moving despite doubt, despite your knees shaking like Bambi. So those three truths are fundamental to understand. One, fear's job is to stop you. Two, This means you need to move faster and be less perfect. Three, remember, fear is always strongest at the finish line. So one of the ways, and this is where you're going to want your notebook. I'm going to walk you through these five steps before we go. Uh, This is something I'm going to teach in depth in speaker school um, because we have to begin here. We've got to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Thank you, Ice Cube. And this is a fear-setting methodology and process that I use to do that time and time and time again. I mean, I used this, I use this really um, before anything big, whether I am setting out to build a new speech or start a new business or my goodness, create speaker school, my first course, um, whatever it is that I'm setting out to do that really has me in some deep self-doubt. I run through this process to check myself before I wreck myself. So let's begin by getting a notebook, a piece of paper, something, okay? And at the top of that piece of paper, I I want you to write down a dream or a goal you have like right now, okay? Maybe it is paying off debt. Maybe it is finding love. Maybe it's that you want to speak on stage one day, either professionally like me full-time or that you want to speak more confidently on stage to better support and shine a light on your business and sell and move your product and or services, right? There's no better way to do that than, than stepping on stage. Like I want to get as many women on stage as possible. So let's do that. So let's say that's the goal, right? So whatever that goal is, just get it on the top of the page. Okay. So as an example, um, and since speaker school is about to launch, we're going to use that one as our example for this exercise that I'm going to walk you through, because I really do believe fear is holding back so many of you from stepping on stage and truly, truly shining. So top of the paper, 
the thing we want to do. Speak on stage, okay? Then you're going to make five columns, okay? Column A, B, C, D, and E, okay? So in column A, at the top of column A, I want you to write excuses. In this column, we are going to brain dump all the excuses that keep coming up for why you think you can't speak on stage or why you don't speak on stage or why you're not speaking on stage. Remember, that's our example for this. And I, I do believe this is a fear like 99.999% of people in the world have. Um, we are so afraid to put ourselves out there, right? And so what are all the excuses? Like, you know, speaking on stage could amplify your life and your business and your brand. You you know in your heart maybe that you want to do it, that you're, you're born to do something like this. So why aren't you? What are the excuses? So if your dream is to speak on stage. You may have excuses like, well, okay, I I don't know where to start. I don't have the time. I'm not a good speaker. I'm too shy. I talk too fast. I don't have anything interesting to say. I'll look stupid. I don't know how to write a speech, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you just kind of brain dump. This is for you. Get it all out of your head and onto paper. Then we move on to column B. Okay. Column A excuses. Column B. Okay. What could go wrong? At the top of column B, right? What could go wrong? Like if you speak on stage, what could go wrong? Because I know you're thinking it. (laughs) So let's get it out of your head, okay? So if you start to speak on stage, okay, great. Well, you could fall off the stage. Your girl's been there. You could you could mess up. You could lose all the power. You could lose your slides. You could lose your place. You could forget your words. Guys, all these things have happened to me. And am I still here alive, breathing oxygen? Yes. Has it made me a better speaker? Hell to the yes, right? But yeah, you could lose your place. You could forget your words. You could stumble your words. You could bomb. (laughs) Uh, You could talk too fast. You could fall off the stage. No one could show up, right? You can embarrass yourself, right? Like, et cetera, et cetera. You're thinking it. So get it all out of your head and onto paper in column B. What could go wrong, right? If you speak on stage, what could go wrong? Then in column C, column C. So excuses, column A. What could go wrong? Column B. Column C, right in the middle, the magic middle. Okay, recovery. How would I recover if those things did happen? Like if I mess up or forgot my words on stage, how would I recover? Well, I'd rehearse more, right? If I talked too fast and paced the stage and did not like how I looked on tape, right? Uh, Well, I'd work with a coach. I'd hire a performance coach and I'd run the reps. Again, I'd rehearse more and work with a coach. Cool. Another example, what if I fall off stage? I've done that, right? How would I recover? Great. I'd have some jokes in my back pocket uh, to like lighten the tension and to make everybody laugh and to just sort of turn it into a human moment. Like, okay, if I lost all tech in my presentation, how would I recover? Cool. I'd keep a printout of my slide deck in the lectern, right? So that I could just refer to my notes and keep myself on track. I mean, these are some of the things, by the way, um, we're going to talk about in speaker school as well. I'm going to share so many things that have went wrong for me on stage and how I've recovered, like things nobody talks about that, you know, my goodness, when you're in those moments, it's terrifying. So are you prepared, right? But again, I think the power of column C here is really saying, okay, If something went wrong, how would I recover, right? How would I recover? And you start to see like, oh, cool. There is a recovery process. Like, I don't have to do this alone. Could I hire someone to help me? Could I work with a coach? Could I... um, brainstorm with someone else? Is there other people that have been there before that could show me what they've done? Like, could I get creative here? Right. So you start to find like all these things you're afraid of actually have really cool recovery 
scenarios. Okay, so column A, excuses. Column B, what could go wrong? Column C, the magic middle. Okay, how would I recover? Column D, right? Now, by the time you get to column D, you are probably getting some relief because you're getting out of your fear um, and into what's possible and that it may not be as bad as you think it's going to be. So in column D, we're going to start to talk about, okay, if I don't do the thing, if I don't speak on stage, what's it costing me? So column D is, what is the cost of inaction? Like, what's it costing me mentally, physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually? Like, what is it costing me really, truly, if I don't do the thing? Well, okay, if I don't speak on stage, I could miss opportunities uh, to grow my business, to make a connection, to uh, sell my product and services. Someone else will step on stage and do it, sharing probably the same idea I have. I really believe that you are given an idea, a download a conversation that you want to have in this world. And God gives it to you, whatever you believe in, you are given this gift. And if you don't act on it, it's going to go find someone else. So for me, one of the biggest regrets I'm trying to avoid is, okay, God's given me this like download here. And I have this thing, say it's fears my homeboy, for example, my book title, or, you know, speaker school, like God's given me this idea, this, this gift, this curriculum, this, this thing I want to go do in the world. And if I don't do it, Somebody else is. And let me tell you, they will. They will. So, okay, if I don't speak on stage, someone else is going to go take my idea and go do it and and speak on stage. And they're going to get the attention that I want. Their brand will get the attention that I want. They'll move products and make the sales that I want to make, right? Someone else will do it. Um, I would remain the same. I won't grow. I won't sell my product or service. My community won't grow, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, if I don't do this thing, if I don't move with my fear and start to confidently get myself onto stage, you know, what, what is it costing me? Mentally, physically, and emotionally, right? So then we move on to column E. And this is really where the final column, this is where the magic happens. This is really where you become a unicorn because all this stuff could go wrong, right? We've got excuses out of our head, cost of inaction, how we could mess up, like what could go wrong. This is the column where we say, okay, and this is what you write at the top. What could go right? What could go right? Like what's the best that could happen. And this is where you want to fuck it up. Like you want to have some fun. You want to go big, right? You want to dream big because we can't be what we don't see. And when you limit yourself, you become limited. But when you dream big, you are literally mapping the signals in your brain to where you believe it's possible to go. And you really start to let yourself live into what it would look like If you actually go do the thing you want to do. So, okay, if I started to speak on stage, like if I really started to do this for myself, oh my God, I could grow my business. I could grow my following, my list. I could sell more products. I could make more money. I could build my team. I could hire other entrepreneurs. I would start to get more confident. I would meet new people. I'd expand my network. Maybe I'd write a book and start a podcast. Oh my God, what if Oprah called me? I could be on Good Morning America, the Today Show, like on and on and on again, right? Like this is where you want to go crazy right? Like you want to really, really dream big and live into and lean into what's possible because what could go right instead of sitting in column B, which is where most of us stay. 
we get so stuck in the what could go wrongs that we forget about the what could go right. When you get that list done, this should be a whole page, like a whole page. I want you to cut it out, take a picture of it, photocopy it, right? Do what you need to do. And I want you to put it everywhere. I want you to put it, I want you to put it on your bathroom mirror. I want you to put it in your car. I want you to put it in your office, on your desk. Like I want it everywhere that you can see it, right? This is a page full of dreams and desires. And this is a column that you want to keep very, very visible so that you're always keeping your eyes on what you're chasing, on what could go right, and on what the best case scenario could be. And trust me, it can and will happen because it's all possible and it's all available to you. Listen, you can't be what you don't see. So you have to first see your dreams so that you can build a plan to go be your dreams. And this fear-setting exercise is really powerful because it's where you turn the whole why can't I, like victim-based thinking into, okay, how can I? It's where you turn why me into try me, right? Where you go from victim to badass, right? And this notion, this mindset, this exercise will transform your life and your business. And remember, never forget the future. The future belongs to the brave. And one of the bravest things you can do is tell your story and step on stage and shine like the badass you are. I really hope this was valuable, helpful, and I most importantly hope to see you in speaker school when we open those doors in the next couple of weeks. So whether you want to be a full-time keynote speaker or you want to step on stage more confidently to shine a light on your already existing business, we're going to cover all of that. I'm going to teach you the business of keynote speaking, and it has to start with setting our fear and getting out of our own way so we can go be in the world what we really believe we can be. Um, I can't wait to help you do that. So I hope to see you in school. And guys, talk to me about this episode. What did you like? What was your biggest takeaway? Come find me on the gram. Send me a DM. You can email me anytime at hello at judyholler.com. And yo, go check out Advocare. They make this podcast happen every week. So give them give them some love because every time you do that, it gives the team that makes this podcast a lot of love as well. And you really support us every time you do that. So uh, namaste, so much love and go get them. I'll see you in speaker school. 